There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. Hello. Hey, producer Joe. What's the word? Hi. <laughs> I think we need to include this. I don't know if you guys listened to last week, but he did the same thing, and I did include you it. You did include it. In Good the for file. you. Well, then I think this needs to be included. Well, we are in the uh, HomeLoanExpert.com studio. My name is Tim McKernan. You just heard the voice of the Sea Monster. And look, everybody. Hey, it's producer Joe. Hi. See, that's, 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 that's it's kind of like Joe Buck doing his impression of Tim Kirkchen. That's what we have going oh. on here. Uh, hey, producer oh, yeah. Joe, uh, you went four and three last week. Am I correct? I got the spreadsheet up, but I want to make sure I got it right. I did. I went four and three. Four and four three. And I went three. two and five. I'm embarrassed. I really would like to, I'd like to like fire myself from the segment. Uh, and again, I'm now five. I lost my lock. I'm five and ten. Five and ten. On locks of the week, five and ten on locks of the week. I'm 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 legitimately nauseated. And how about this, by the way? Because uh, I hardly ever pay attention. That's why when you texted me like a month ago and said, "Hey, I'm going five and zero," oh, and I thought, "Okay, Joe texted the wrong person. I have no idea what you're talking about." And I said, "What?" And you were talking about like the pick'em game that we're in some group on, and you won cash. Uh, I, I, I fill those out. I remind myself to fill them out. So I fill them out. I'm usually not even close. Well, this past week I went four and one and the only, uh. and the only one that I didn't win was when the Browns did not cover in overtime <laughs> because of the touchdown, which of course at that point was probably about 10%, which was, which helped me huge in DraftKings Cause I was, I had a lot of Hunley and Adams surprisingly on DraftKings for all my teams. So I think I actually, it probably cost me money because I saw it like would have paid, I don't know, 750 bucks or something like that yeah. to have gone 5-0. and oh. So if I would have won, I would have chopped it up a little more. So either way, probably 650 bucks. But I didn't know that I would have gone 5-0 and oh until, uh, who did I, who was the Sunday night game? Oh, I, I think I had the Ravens plus 6.5 or something in our, uh, in our pool. So I'm running terribly in these picks. I'm decent wagering-wise, but uh, in these picks... It's like embarrassing. I want this thing to be over with because this is an exercise in pain every week. I just hope that everybody's fading me and they're making money. That's what I, because here's the thing. I actually bet on the Vikings or excuse me, the Panthers last week. So I bet on the Panthers and then I go and I look at our picks and I go, oh my God, I picked the Vikings. I, there's, there's no huh. consistency. There's no formula. I'm, I'm embarrassing myself on this thing. Every week, but like I said, the number, the one that always I pride myself in more than anything is the lock of the week, and that's worse than anything else. Five and ten, thirty-three uh, percent. It's awful. Thank you. Thank you talk you. about you, you talk about that. Like last week, one of our games was the Chiefs and the Raiders. We were both on and, the Raiders. And we were, and the, the the part about it is in the pick five. I was on the Chiefs, and uh, you know, I, I I very much enjoy the pick five that we're a part of, um, and. 
you know, for the buy-in, I've doubled up for this year. So hip, hip, hooray. That it's kind of house money that I'm playing with now in it. And uh, I, I tend to play the Thursday night game each week. This week I'm sitting it out again because I don't like tonight's game at all. I like all. the over on the Broncos and Colts. Let the record show so I can be proven wrong. It's 40 and a half. Um, we record this on Thursday morning. And I sat out last week's and and last week's because that was the the Saints and the Falcons and it ended up being a, a good close game, which was kind of what I was expecting, but didn't feel strongly one way or the other with those two teams. But I was on the Packers uh, this past week, so Devontae Adams. That was the only way I could cover was with a touchdown, and uh, so I liked that one. And uh, I was also on the line. So I got really lucky early in the early round of games, and I was sitting at 3-0 and in that pick five. And then, uh, then the Seahawks, they failed me last week. And I know the Seahawks will be one of the games that we pick this week. Yep. But uh, early, early they failed, or they, they, they failed me last week. And uh, it sets up a, a really big game because it seems as each time the Rams have lost, I think their last three losses, the Rams, the Seahawks have also lost the same day. So they haven't been able to take control of that division. Hmm, good and, fun uh, uh, I, I believe it's the last three because what the Rams are nine and four, correct? Uh, somebody and, will look that uh, up. The Rams are nine and four, and the Seahawks, I believe, are eight and five. So there's a one game separating. Although the Seahawks hold the tiebreaker over the Rams already from uh, September win, or was that early uh, September? I guess it was, or early October. That uh, that uh, yeah. I, it, it's probably last week we had a great slate of games. This week I'm kind of eh yeah, on what we're picking. I had to find it's, I had to find a sixth uh, because it was a stretch. Not as bad, of course, oh, as the yes. Texans Vikings of, uh, from Week Ten, but uh, we have one that would fall into that category. I had to look to find two teams that are like borderline, and I mean I'm stretching the term borderline playoff teams to even uh, get to six. So here's where we are. It's all NFL. Last time we'll have all NFL. Uh, for the picks, as Bulls do start this week, but none that I deemed worthy enough to uh, partake. As I, this is the first time I think I've ever picked the game, so what an honor! Uh, Rams and Seahawks. You made reference to it. Seahawks are minus two and a half. What you got? I uh, I have got the Seahawks because I think the Seahawks are better than the Rams, and it really does come down to that. They're at home um, and just laying two and a half points, so I feel good with that. I don't think the Rams are that good. All right, we're on the same page on that. It's still possible, and this is what I'm holding out hope for. Like, about three weeks ago, I resigned myself to the fact that the Rams are going to make the playoffs this year. But there's still that slight chance that they get bumped. You know, they lose this week and they're in the wild card race right away because the Seahawks will have, they'll have the same record and the Seahawks will have won both games against them this year. That it is still possible for those shit bums to miss the playoffs. And there is nothing that would bring me greater joy than seeing that happen because I can see cock of the walk, dipshit Kevin Demoff <laughs> strutting around Los Angeles feeling so good about early in the year. And then last week they looked like assholes, whether it was the Fox Sports, uh, the, the, the NFL on Fox or whatever it was, doing the pregame show, and you saw the stuff about needing actors to fill out the amount of people that could possibly be there and at least act like Rams fans. And then they looked like gigantic shit bums because it was really loud for the Eagles there. Yes, like, it was. legit loud. And... You know, I even if I don't think he's necessarily got the feelings of an actual human, um, someone who's been pushed around and directed by Stan to do whatever it is that Stan asks him to do, that somewhere inside of him there are human emotions involved, and he has to feel like an asshole when his home games are actually 
sound like away games. And so much so that they make mention the fact that Sean McVay having to practice as though there's going to be crowd noise, knowing the fact that they don't have – in last week they were 9-3. and three. They were first place in the division, and they're still struggling at home. Fuck them. Uh, yeah, that's a, that's a universal sentiment around these particular parts. Uh, the thing is, because they do have a game at San Francisco, although San Francisco's looked better with Jimmy Garoppolo. They beat, uh, they beat the Bears in Chicago and beat the Texans in Houston. Uh, they do have that game in Week 17. So I, I would imagine it's going to be tough for them to not get 10 wins. Plus, they have this week in Seattle and the following week in Tennessee. I want to keep this thing moving, though. Uh, I'm, I'm on the Seahawks as well. Uh, minus two and a half. I like it a lot. I would I would lay more than that, and I, I share the same opinion uh, that I just don't think the Rams are that good. And, and let me make that re- relatable in this sense. Relative to where they were the last 10 years in St. Louis, it's the best team. I don't even know what would be close. But for the amount of uh, oral they're receiving from the national media, they're not that good. That's, that's where I am on it. Chargers at Chiefs, minus one. Chargers at Chiefs, Chiefs minus one. I, uh, I'll probably end up picking the Chiefs in the pick five just to split things. But for this, uh, I do like the Chargers. And uh, last week, I'm looking at it more of an epic meltdown by the Raiders, more so than the Chiefs looking really good. Although Kareem Hunt had a pulse last week for the first time in a long time. Yeah. And Tyreek Hill was getting involved in things. So offensively, they look good. But I think it had more to do with the fact that the, the Raiders – having everything to play for at 6-6 six and six last week against the, against the Chiefs, showed up and didn't do anything. The Chargers just continue to play. And I like Phillip Rivers. I like the offense that they've got. And defensively, they're really good. So I kind of expect Kareem Hunt to disappear again from the face of the earth. And I like the Chargers getting a point. I like it. You're kind of doing a little DraftKingsing here, too. Kareem Hunt had killed me in DraftKings for the last couple of weeks. And last week, I stayed with him even though it was more of a contrarian play and it paid off. He had a good game, and that really comes down to the Chiefs being able to get into the red zone because that's where they'll utilize him, and he did, and he got in the end zone. Uh, the Chargers are a really good football team, but because they play in front of nobody at a soccer stadium and nobody really claims them in Los Angeles, they fly <laughs> under the radar. But not only have they won four in a row, their two losses before that four-game winning streak was at New England, or were at New England, I should say, uh, by eight and at Jacksonville by three. Otherwise, they would be in the midst of a nine-game winning streak. And the only loss before that uh, was at home against what many would say, I think, is the best team in the NFL. I don't know if they'll still be that way uh, without Carson Wentz, and that's the Philadelphia Eagles. And then if you remember, and you really got to be nerding out on the NFL and gambling or fantasy football to even have any clue about week one and week two for the Los Angeles Chargers, but they lost in the final seconds against the Broncos at home by three in the final seconds at home, or at Denver, excuse me, and then at home by uh, two to the Dolphins. So this is a team that has either played some of the best in the NFL um, and played respectably, or just been flat out on a tear. And like I said, they have won seven of nine games, and the two losses are at New England and at Jacksonville. So the Chiefs are, uh, you know, kind of flopping around. I don't think the Raider win changes things for what they are, and I really like the Chargers here. They're games I really like this weekend, which scares me because based on what I've been doing this year, they're going to go the opposite way. Here's another one I really like. I think there's great value on the Packers getting three points against the Panthers. The Panthers have a real issue uh, from my standpoint, with being able to establish a consistent running game. They're actually hinging on Jonathan Stewart, who had a great game last week, but he's a little banged up. They can't get Christian McCaffrey to run the ball successfully. He's more of a 
a pass back. And so from that standpoint, with Rodgers back and getting three points, I really like the Packers here. Packers at Panthers, Panthers giving three. What you got? I've got the Packers, and I'm looking at it more as the – because I don't have any faith in the Packers' defense. Um, that's the one thing that scares me that off. Secondary this, is the, horrible. But, who, but who, who, who's, who's Cam Newton going to throw the ball to? I mean, you double-team Devin Funches. That's, that's, that's it. That's it. Because last week, what, Greg Olson got blanked last week, yep. I believe. Yep. Um, now, Christian McCaffrey, I think, can cause a lot of problems. I guess it'll end up being like Clay Matthews against Christian, Christian McCaffrey this week. Um, and, and, and just trying to control him. But I look at the, the Aaron Rodgers bounce-back game. Now, I, I'm, I'm probably talking myself into it more than anything else because uh, I, I guess we'll get to a, a DraftKings and fantasy football aspect to this, but I, uh, I need Aaron Rodgers to be really good because I need Devontae Adams and Jordy Nelson to be really good. Um, but I do think they'll put up points, and – the offense will look significantly different, and I think that they'll be able to run the ball more effectively than they have been able to just because of the Aaron Rodgers fear, that they're not going to be able to challenge Brett Hudley to try and beat them. And they got him to this point. Now, them making the playoffs, the Packers, is far-fetched. They're going to have to win out to get to 10 wins. But I do think they get the Aaron Rodgers bounce back this week. I think they end up losing next week against Minnesota. But this week, I think it, it, it's good, and they're going to win outright. Like I, I, I'm going to take the points, but I don't think I'm going to need them. The name of the game is supporting the sponsors, and if you're enjoying the podcast of the Tim McKernan Show and of the Cat Chat, please make sure when the time comes for you to buy a home or to refinance a home, you go to thehomeloanexpert.com. Telling you, the money you can save is absolutely unreal right now. And you can do so with thehomeloanexpert.com. I've sent my family there. When the time comes for me and my wife, we will most definitely be doing business with Ryan Kelly and his incredible staff at thehomeloanexpert.com. Ryan himself says the best time to refinance is at the end of the year. Make sure you do. Go to thehomeloanexpert.com, the studio sponsors of The Tim McKernan Show here on the Inside STL Podcast Network. I'm on the Packers as well. So far, we have no difference of opinion. Here is the official uh, producer, Joe, Vikings-Texans Memorial game. Uh, the Cardinals at the Redskins, minus four. The Cardinals at the Redskins, minus four. From a combination of wins and teams actually still somewhat in the playoff mix, even though it's damn near mathematically impossible for the Redskins, they are mathematically alive. The Cardinals also somehow mathematically alive. Uh, this is as good as it gets next to the final two games that we have, which I think will be pretty <laughs> obvious. Cardinals at Redskins minus four. Flip your coin, boy. Uh, I'm going to roll with Blaine Gabbert, baby. Oh, we finally I'm, have a difference. I'm going to take the points. Um, the Redskins didn't look good last week, and uh, I think Kirk Cousins just wants to get the hell out of D.C. Uh, and so because I did essentially flip a coin, I'm just going to take the points and, and be happy with the points that I hope it's a field goal game and I, I'll, I'll be all right. I think the Redskins are much better than their record. The issue now is though, because their record is five and eight and it's essentially impossible for them to get to the playoffs uh, that I don't know if they will be playing to the level of what they, they were. I mean, that's a team that has so many either blown games or tight losses and uh, now it's kind of spiraled out of control as they got shipped by the Cowboys 38-14 and then uh, lost handily at 
Los Angeles with the Chargers last week. So I don't know if they're they're going to be where they were. And it all really started with uh, having that huge lead at New Orleans about a month ago and, and blowing that and losing by three. So uh, I, my opinion is they're a much better team than their record and what people's perception of them is. And therefore, that's my reason for the value. But I'm not sure. It's kind of like trying to analyze a team's motivation in college football, which is one of your specialties. Uh, I'm not sure what the motivation is on the Redskins, but I will take the Redskins minus four. We finally have a difference of opinion. I'm curious where you are on this one. This is the game of the weekend. Patriots minus three at Steelers. Where are you on this? Uh, I am riding the Gronk train and uh, going to chalk up, I'm going to chalk up what the it. Patriots did on Monday night to a lack of Gronk. And I think with Gronk, Brandon Cooks gets better. Um, and I don't think he's ready to be a feature, and he did nothing on Monday night. And I also, I don't have any faith in the Steelers' defense being able to stop them. If the Ravens are able to put up points against the Steelers, the Patriots are going to be able to put up points against the Steelers. And Ben's not going to throw for 500. He might throw through 350, but he won't put up 500 against the Patriots either. So I, I will t- I'll lay the points with the Patriots. They so rarely lose back-to-back games as it is. And this one is important for them. You know, that, it's going to come down to that one and two seed, and this is might end up being the difference between them hosting the AFC Championship game or having to go on the road for the AFC Championship game. Yeah, it's, it's, it is a, a super important game. Uh, the number actually has gone up from the Patriots starting out minus two to minus three, uh, and which makes me think sharp betters are, are all over the Patriots. Because um, when I saw that number, I figured the Steelers would be fair by two and a half. So when I saw the Patriots minus two and a half, when I saw it, uh, I was like, oh my God, I got to bet the Patriots this week. Now it's gone up to three and it makes me like it even more because I figure the public is all over the Steelers. There's a prisoner of the moment uh, factor that comes into play on the NFL more so than I think anywhere else because you spend a week in between each game overvaluing what you just saw. And what you just saw from New England on Monday night in Miami was as bad as they've looked. Uh, And of course, the comeback of the Steelers on Sunday uh, against the Ravens, has everybody talking about them and Roethlisberger putting up 500 yards. The thing is about the Patriots, their defense has been really good up until the game against Miami where Jay Cutler somehow was able to carve them up and Kenyon Drake was able to run it. So I don't know if this is going to wind up being a super surprising under or if it will wind up being what we kind of saw going in the direction of the Rams and Eagles where had Wentz been uh, healthy uh, for the fourth quarter, the point total would have been even higher, but still, you had a huge point total, which is what people expected. Oftentimes, it runs counter there. But I am on the Patriots minus three as well, and finally, Cowboys minus three at Raiders. What do you got? Uh, just and in, in this kind of relates to what you just said, but the Raiders, I guess, in theory, they win this week. And they're they're within a game one way or the other because the Chargers and Chiefs are playing each other. But just because I saw the Cowboys last week and I saw the Raiders last week, I'll roll with the Cowboys and lay the three points. I don't know what what has happened to the Raiders, and I don't know if it's just Jack Del Rio is Jack Del Rio this up where he's good for a couple of years and then he wears out his welcome. But they're the most disappointing team in the NFL this week or this year, and I. I, I I just can't do it. I, I can't pull the trigger on the Raiders, and so by default, I'm gonna I'm gonna roll with with the Cowboys. Yeah, I, Derek Carr just just looked bad. I mean, I, I I'm I'm Derek Carr and Jameis Winston, and not coincidentally, Joe, I would say the two biggest disappointments in, in the NFL this year, as far as what expectations were and what performance mm-hmm. has been, 
are both being led by quarterbacks who have really struggled. And if you do watch them, and I realize for the people listening how many people have really watched a lot of Buccaneers or Raiders, but because of all of my DraftKings teams, I'm watching this stuff. And I've just it's 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 confusing. I mean, I know Winston was hurt. Cardis looks bad. I don't know if that's because Amari Cooper's a non-factor now, or I don't know what's the chicken and egg. Maybe Cooper's no good because Carr's no good, but Crabtree was putting up numbers, uh, even though he didn't have a good week. Uh, he didn't have a great week for his expectations anyway at Arrowhead last week. But I'm going with the Cowboys as well. I really like the Cowboys here, uh, but maybe things will be different and weird in Oakland on a Sunday night for a rare night game there. All right, locks of the week. My this is my this is my Waterloo. What do you have? I, uh, I'm actually dipping into the college ranks oh, wow. uh, with a with a bowl game that's going to take place in Las Vegas, Nevada. Oregon, Boise uh, State? Yes, I am going over the 60-and-a-half on that game mm-hmm. um, because I hate going under in bowl games, and uh, I, especially the early ones just feel like a free-for-all. Defense doesn't matter. Uh, Oregon's obviously playing with a new head coach. That's, it's... Uh, it, for me, it just feels right to go over that 60-and-a-half in a game that nobody wants to watch anyway. But, gamblers. Uh, because gam- gamblers and gamblers boosters. Are, yes, that's, that's, that's about that's, it. That's bowl season. And, uh, yeah. Well, the Texas Bowl is less than two weeks away. I yeah, Missouri I talking about it. I love Missouri. In that. Do you like Missouri in that? I do. I do. I like them closing out the season on a very, very high. And Texas just, you know, they have guys sitting it out or hurt. And I just can't imagine they give a damn. I think Missouri wins that super comfortable. I do like your overplay. I've, I've, your locks I've liked, and you've been hitting. I mean, you're still under 500, but you've been hitting recently, I think. Well, your last two anyway. Uh, I don't know. Forget it. You didn't. I don't know. Who knows? This is this. I won last. I hit my one last week. Yeah, and and a one-game winning streak is good enough to get talked about like it's significant on this show. This is a fucking mess. This whole thing. You got to start. I blame the sea monster for the fact that I sit here and expose myself for the gambling fraud that I am. I'm embarrassed by the whole damn show. I'm taking the Saints minus sixteen. That means the Jets will somehow win by thirty. But I'm taking the (laughs) Saints minus sixteen, and they will beat Bryce Petty. He won't be able to throw on their corners. They'll run Kamara and Ingram down their throats, throw like six times to Michael Thomas, and then some random tight end you've never heard of will have a touchdown and probably an offensive tackle who will be eligible on a pass play. And that's how the Saints will win, like 31-3. to That's my play. But, of course, the Jets will cover, so fuck me and bet the Jets. There's my official recommendation on what has become an absolute disaster, my lock of the week. I don't even think it's mathematically possible at this point for me to get back to 500 on the locks. And not like I would anyway, but we don't have five mm. weeks left of, of locks left, I don't think. because we, Well, I, 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 I forget. Unless and, I just start I'm guessing for... on soccer games. No, no, I, I've been really bad on that. That's no, I wasn't taking a shot at you. Week. All shots no, but, deserved in my direction. No, but uh, I believe we've kept locks open through the Super Bowl, um, and so I mean we've still got totals that we can play yeah. uh, because we don't. But I believe in the Super Bowl we actually picked the, the so we can use a lock as a prop. I, I, you know, I'll keep I'll keep the bank open as long as you want to keep rolling them out there. <laughs> yeah, it's, no, it's embarrassing. It's psychologically damaging. I've got I've got no problem keeping it open um, to get back to it, but uh, no, I mean like I, uh, I I look at the Jets and I'm like, well, if Bryce Petty's the quarterback, that means Christian Hackenberg's the backup. That's correct. And and you know the Alvin Kamara. I, we talked about the fantasy football nonsense last week and how I was an eight seed at, at six and seven, and I was playing the number one seed, uh, Justin in Columbia, and. 
I, 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 when you and I were doing the show, I resigned myself to the fact that I wasn't going to win. Right. And, and then Kamara gets Thursday, hurt. On Thursday night, Kamara gets hurt. I still don't have a whole lot of faith that I'm going to win. And then on Sunday, I had a run of Jared Cook and Devontae Adams closing out that game where I got myself going, and then Wentz went absolutely batshit. And uh, I said, oh, I might end up winning this. I don't feel good, but I may. And then uh, Alex Collins scared me to death on Sunday night because he went nuts against, uh, against the Steelers. And uh, I got lucky because Brandon Cooks did nothing. Uh, although Rex Burke had helped it. So now I'm in, I'm in the semifinals, baby, at 6-7 and seven against Charlie. And uh, I'm not hoping for injuries on his end, but I'm hoping a couple of guys have off days, I suppose. Well, I you have a chance now be. because Rodgers is back. Uh, mm-hmm. And like I said, when you, once, I mean, like I was sitting at my uh, niece's uh, uh, baptism party, I suppose, uh, this past week over at Danny's house. And one of my cousins goes, oh, who's on your fantasy team? And I opened up my DraftKings app, and I said probably about 90% of the NFL is on my my, on my fantasy team because I've, I, I think I do have like 100-plus rosters. So I never know what really helps. Last week, from a, from a DraftKings daily fantasy standpoint, it was the rare, as they say, chalk weekend where the plays that you would have expected to hit actually did hit, which benefits the quote-unquote sharper players. So like DeAndre Hopkins was as chalk as it gets, and I think he put up close to 40 points. Gurley was super chalk. Giovanni Bernard, everybody knew he was going to get all of the touches because Mixon was out, but he had been priced at only 3,100, which is super low. Uh, and uh, and then you had a decision. Do you fade the public, or do you go with Bernard and take advantage of that? And he still put up 16 points, and a lot of people did play Bernard. And uh, Josh Gordon was only 5,500, and he had a good game for the Browns. So uh, Todd Gurley, if I didn't mention him. So it was super chalky. Uh, and this weekend, I have a feeling it's because the matchups aren't as obvious. Like Hopkins, who gets sick targets, is going up against the Jaguars secondary. So you're going to be hesitant to mess. You know, you're going to be hesitant to mess with that. You're going to take Gurley on the road at Seattle, where they might not necessarily be in a spot to be able to really move the ball on Seattle, even though Seattle's defense isn't what it was. Uh, would you play Rodgers this weekend? He's 6,300. Do you counter Rodgers and thinking they're going to put up points by going out? Oh, the contrarian move is is to take Cam Newton um, and expect a high-scoring game. And then how much value do you put on what you think the Patriots and Steelers could do? Because you could just do a game stack there and take either Brady or Roethlisberger and then stack it with receivers and Gronkowski at tight, at tight end and and have yourself just like a game that thing might come off like 60 total points and, and you can win it just by doing that. So uh, it's a different situation this weekend from a fantasy football standpoint. Your world is different having you have Devontae Adams and Nelson. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're in a great spot, I think. I mean, you know, I mean, I, even if I would have made the playoffs, I don't think I would have made it out of the first round because, again, Julio Jones wasn't terrible. He didn't put up huge numbers. But Mike Evans, if you have Mike, if you have Mike Evans on your team this year, I, I would imagine, unless you just had sick players around him, you're probably out because you're not going to bench him, and he's just been terrible. And if you had if you had Mike Evans and Amari Cooper, which is what I had, I mean, Cooper did get the go-ahead to start at Kansas City, but he put up a zero as well. So it's tough to sit there and go, God, I've got D.D. Westbrook and Corey Coleman on my bench, and I'm going to bench Mike Evans and Amari Cooper for those guys, but that actually is the play. And so from a matchup standpoint, that's where you are, and that's why I like I like what you got. What, who does Charlie have? I don't remember all this stuff, uh, but I am fascinated by it now that I'm daily fantasy nerding out. 
I uh, I forget exactly who Charlie's got. My the, the smartest thing I did all year, and I you know I'm not anti making trades, but I did hold on to Dak along with Wentz all year. So, it, you know Carson Wentz goes down, and and that's going to ruin a whole bunch of people's seasons more times than not. That I at least held on to Dak so I can slide him in to play quarterback uh, on Sunday. I think Charlie. I want to say Charlie might have uh, might have Brady, possibly, which would be really bad for me. I'm bringing up his roster. Give me half a second uh, to figure it out. But he's better than I am, um, you know, or has been. Now, my team gave up the most points all year long uh, as opposed to anybody else. No, Charlie's got golf. I take that back. Golf, C-line, Michael Thomas, Doug Baldwin, LaShawn McCoy, who had a great game last week in the snow. Yeah. Uh, McKissick, Engram. Uh, Isaiah Crowell, and then Butler in Philadelphia's D. So he, he's supposed to beat me. The little Yahoo thing says he'll win by 17 points, um, and no part of that would surprise me if it does happen. Well, you're 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 running with uh, found money here. You didn't expect to be yeah. here. Uh, no. So, uh, and you, I like got to tell you, you got a good, you got a good spot. You got a good spot. Uh, maybe, Because I'll trust me. I'm going to have a lot of Devontae Adams and uh, Jordy Nelson on on my many many rosters. Hey, thanks for listening to the Tim McKernan Show, and uh, we've certainly enjoyed bringing it to you here over the last three months. It has been fun to have the caliber of interviews and also the questions people ask for questions from the audience. And all we ask is this, please support the sponsors. When it gets down to it, it is a business, and we are lucky to have the caliber of sponsors that we have in addition to the caliber of guests that we've had. And James Carlton of the James Carlton Agency is one that I ask you to support because I know this. Everybody's got to have insurance. So if you got to do it, do it with somebody who not only is a supporter of the show, but also somebody who receives awards for the caliber of service he and his staff provide at the James Carlton Agency. James Carlton, the State Farm agent. 90% of homeowners in Missouri escrow their premium with their mortgage and have no idea what they're paying or what they're covered for. Call James today to protect your biggest asset. In fact, Go to his website right now and go check them out at carltoninsurance.net. Call James, 314-961-4800. Call James, and he very well can get you better coverage and start saving you money. In fact, he often can include $100,000 in life insurance without even increasing your payment. The switch is easy. They do all the paperwork for you. just takes one phone call or apply online at carltoninsurance.net. Nat, people do business with James because they like him and they trust him. He is local, and he has established himself as one of the best in the business. James Carlton, State Farm Insurance Agent. All right, maybe we can get things going here. Let me see the last time both of us went over 500 in this thing. Week 13, you were 1-6, and and I was 2-5. and That's great. Oh, here we go, week 12. I actually did did perform. 6-1, and and you were 5-2. and That must have been like a oh, total a favorite fest. Must have. No, I was on underdogs. Look at me. That was when Missouri played Vanderbilt. But, of course, I lost one. It was my lock of the week. Just fucking awful. Uh, any soccer plays that will be incorrect that you'd like to share? Uh, yeah, that's really bad. Um, no, this is a tough time of year, too, especially with squad rotation. That was one of the problems I was upset with. with uh, last week I had that Liverpool game, and – Coutinho and Firmino didn't start. So we're making these plays on Thursday without seeing starting lineups that just because the games are coming so fast, uh, everybody played either Tuesday or Wednesday. 
Now they're playing again on Saturday and Sunday. And then Boxing Day, they'll play the day after that. So there's Boxing so many Day. Games. I need you to come on uh, the morning after to tell Doug about Boxing Day and how it impacts soccer. I just want to hear that are guys, conversation. Are you, are you, guys, you guys aren't doing the show on the 26th, are you? Uh, no. Oh, are, you, are you doing the show on the 27th? Uh, we are. Oh, okay. Uh, I'll be driving home from Atlanta on the 26th. And you can call in and talk to uh, Doug about Boxing Day and how things went. Now, yeah, well, I mean, it's it's a great day. I'll just happen to be in the truck the whole way home. But uh, either way, um, there's just so many games coming so fast and so furious. So on a Thursday, it's kind of hard for me to tell you who's going to be playing and whatnot. Although, just based on the way that Manchester City have played all season, Manchester City and Spurs are on Saturday uh, at 10.30, I guess, or 11.30 our time. That total is three. I will probably be playing the over of it. So if you just want to put down a soccer play. All right, I'll put it down. What do we over. got here? Manchester City over three? Uh, yeah, against Spurs. That I, I is that the Tottenham Hotspurs? Yes, yes. That is that is exactly like that who that is. Yeah, that, that's your team? <laughs> I think that's my team. I was. You'll never that's walk your... alone, but I'm now pivoting to Tottenham Hotspurs. Oh, yes. You'll, you'll never walk alone is, is on Sunday. That's the late game on Sunday against, uh, against Bournemouth, where if, if, if all four play, if Coutinho and Firmino and, and Mane and, uh, and uh, Mohamed you, you, Salah You can just start play, making up names. It's not going to matter to me. You could say, if Tegan Presley's in there, it'll be great, but Abigail Max yeah. hurt, so we might not get a chance to see him play at full strength, <laughs> and I'll be like, oh, it sounds good. I know them. No. Nah, I, that, that if, if all four of them are playing, and I, I will hedge it, if all four of them start, then I would go over the three of that game on Sunday morning as well of Liverpool and Bournemouth. Okay, I'm not looking that up. So all I have is in the grid is Manchester City over three. Let's see what we did on our other picks last week. Uh, you had two uh, soccer games. Both, both were wrong. Games. That's great. I did five football games. Three of them were wrong. That's great. Just terrible. So I, and I'm, I'm, I, don't, I have nothing else. I have nothing else. And really, I need to focus on the six mutual games we pick and then one lock and see if I can right the ship and just try to finish over 500 this year. It, not in the locks. I don't think I can do that. But I'm seven games below 500, and it's just been horrible. But a nice 5-2 and two weekend, and maybe I can maybe I can mount a Sunday charge here. You have never won our picks in the six or seven years we've been doing it. I am I seven games. Seven games? Is the math add up here? Yeah, seven games six. back. Six, I think games, you're six, six games. Six games back. Six games but back. I, I also am not Lewin in the tiebreaker. So, I mean, it's, I'm essentially seven games back. It's, it's, it's awful. Okay. I... It's it's awful. The lo- the locks thing, but and I'm telling you because I'm winning money on Sunday, the DraftKings thing, and uh, and betting, but it bothers me how bad I'm performing in this. It legitimately bothers me, specifically the locks. I'm just I'm I'm lost and I'm embarrassed by the whole thing. So uh, maybe it turns around this weekend. I obviously don't expect it. Producer Joe, as always, thank you so much for joining us. Happy wagering to you and yours. All right, I'll text you Sunday morning if all four of those guys are playing. Per- buddy. Perfect. Can't uh, wait. Thank you, Joe. Bye. Bye. There it is. Another edition of Picking and Groaning here on the Tim McKernan Show. For 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 your sake, I hope you're not betting with me uh, because this has just been an absolute, absolute disaster. I haven't gotten a lock right. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I haven't gotten a lock right. Since Missouri UConn's uh, under on uh, like October twentieth or something, holy crap! Wow, two months worth of absolute failure. Maybe it turns around this weekend. Probably won't. We'll revisit it again next week with more picking and groaning here 
on the Tim McKernan Show, live on podcast from the HomeLoanExpert.com studios on the Inside STL Podcast Network. Call of Duty Modern Warfare is here, and so is Mountain Dew. Roger that. Now you can unlock in-game rewards like only Dew can. Wait, what rewards? A Dew Operator Skin. Man, I love Operator Skins. Dual Double XP, and even Call of Duty Points. You're kidding me. Double XP and Call of Duty Points? This is incredible. I can't believe it. This... Soldier, get a hold of yourself. Oh, roger that. Look for specially marked packaging and visit mtndugaming.com for details and restrictions. Open to U.S. residents, 17 plus. Call of Duty Points available on 12 and 24 packs and free 20 and 23.